Welcome everyone to Wandering in the Word for Sunday, September. Oh no, no, wait a minute. Whoa, September's over. Very nearly <laughs> over. It's going to be October. It'll be October 3rd this Sunday. We have a couple texts, uh, sort of a preview for you for worship. Uh, we're continuing to move through the Gospel of Mark and Oh yeah, if you're wondering where we are, we're camping this week. Yeah. We just ditched First Lutheran and thought we'd spend some time in the great outdoors. So. Yeah. Staff vacation. Yeah. <laughs> vacation to the Ten Tails classroom. Ten team building here. We're pretending we're in nature. But yeah, well, yeah, we it is gonna be October here in just a couple of days. Um wild. I know it today we're recording, it's supposed to be like 94 degrees. Yes. So it feels like fall Basically October summer. weather. But um, but yeah, we we'll, we're gonna explore our, our scripture text. I'm sure they'll be very uplifting and positive and not controversial at all, <laughs> or hard to understand. Why don't we just go ahead and dive in? <laughs> let's go for it. Let's just do it. <laughs> um, our gospel reading for October third is uh, Mark ten, two through sixteen, and I'll read that. Some Pharisees came to to end. I'm sorry. Some Pharisees came, and to test him, they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Jesus answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. Jesus said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. The gospel of the Lord. <laughs> Praise <laughs> to you, oh Christ. Christ. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least we ended with a nice image of Jesus yeah. blessing the children that come and, and really welcoming them. Uh, using them as a, an example and a model for how it is that we enter the kingdom of God as a little child, as someone who's, um, yeah, I mean, not not powerful or maybe even deserving, but as someone who comes willing to receive and Jesus willing to give. Yeah, I mean, Jesus is indignant. I don't think we've ever yeah. heard about Jesus yeah. being indignant in any it's other a good part. Word. And he's indignant, like on behalf of these kids who yes. are being excluded, and so that's a. That's a great look at, at Jesus kind of standing up for these. I mean, maybe they were cute little squishies, or as we discussed in the past weeks, like maybe they were dirty, screaming, throwing tantrum kids. Um, but nevertheless, Jesus is is all about having them. Welcoming come. them in. Yeah, don't yeah, stop them. 
that's good. But I suppose we should talk about the first part of this passage too. And I think it's uh, yeah. something that, that certainly needs to be discussed, not least of all, because um, there are so many people in our church, in our neighborhoods, in our families, or maybe even uh, you yourself who have gone through the pain of divorce and to hear Jesus talking about um, divorced people committing adultery and new relationships. I mean, that, that can really bring on some, some shame, um, some bad feelings. And I mean, ultimately this is the gospel, which means good news. And so we need to kind of sit with this, I think, and, and think through it a little more carefully. Yeah. Well, you know, as the, as a divorced person, it is kind of interesting to hear this and be like, okay, yeah, Jesus, what, what else do you have to say? Anything else you, you could uh, help out with here? Um, like when I read it, I uh, one of the things I notice is he's answering a question in a very specific time and place to a, a specific group of people in the first part. The second part about the adultery part is different, but you know, he, the Pharisees are trying to trick him. And so he is using, you know, a, the law from 2000 years ago uh, and kind of, you know, in some ways making a level playing field for the, the man and the woman in the, the marriage. Um, but still, you know, is talking about divorce. And when we hear that word, that is a loaded, loaded word. They can bring a lot of pain and baggage and um, other things as well. Um, sometimes I wish Jesus would just kind of stop where he was at and quit elaborating. But, you know, we hear <laughs> he goes on in chapter or verse 10 uh, with his disciples. And that's where the, you know, anybody that gets finds love in another relationship is committing adultery and it's like well is that really what he means like is that really what god strictly means in the strictest sense of the word like i i don't think so but like we have jesus words here that we kind of have to sit with for a while truly Um, i think and i think that um right off the bat like it's so telling that the pharisees are bringing up this particular question in order to test jesus like this was clearly even in those days a very like controversial or much sort of argued about and wrestled with topic. Um, So they pose it to Jesus, you know, from the basis of like, well, this is what Moses said, you know, thousands of years ago, this is the law that we have been given. Uh, So they ask Jesus a legal question and Jesus responds with a theological answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Not like, well, what, let's let's abide by the letter of of the law that Moses laid out but rather is saying here here's what God intended for marriage and so this is um sort of an aspirational view of marriage i think you know without without the hardness of heart um that Jesus references in verse 5 this is what marriage would look like um that they that the two would become one flesh and and would never be separated mm-hmm. But then, of course, we're humans, and hardness of heart is sort of a a way of life, and there's sin, and there's circumstances, and there's so much complicated in life um, that that God's intention for humanity is not what we live with in this day, Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, the description, you know, that they're drawing from the Genesis reading that we'll read in a minute about the two becoming one, and that, I mean you know, take the genders out of that for a minute, just the idea that two people can be committed to each other so much that they are one. It's kind of this like beautiful, intimate dance that the two become one. And it's like, you know, I always tell our like pre-marriage counseling people, I'm like, it's not like you're both dying and you're becoming <laughs> one kind of like 
transformer robot. You know, like you're still your people, you're still who you are, but when you are together, you are like also this new creation, this new, and you know, I mean, obviously that, I think that's epitomized and it's our ultimate aspirational is in marriage, but I mean, I think people can have that in other relationships that, um, as well, you know, um, and I think that's kind of a beautiful thing that, that we can see in creation and, and in humanity, like that, that intimacy that we have is the goal, that wholeness that you can experience when, when loving another, um, you know, and when that doesn't work out, it, is painful and it hurts. And um, when that's what you were aspiring for and it doesn't happen, um, yeah, we know it, it's not very helpful. Jesus could have taken a pastoral care class here, I think a little bit on like how to, you know, um, talk about hard things. How to talk about hard things a little bit. <laughs> well, we talked about this um, a little bit in our pastor's Bible study a little bit earlier today. And, you know, the comment was made like, what if this was like a three hour conversation that Jesus had with his disciples after the fact? Um, and then as they were recording the conversation, like this is what this is what they remembered. This most shocking piece of yeah. the conversation about um, about remarriage being um, adulterous, which is not something in our in our culture or our church today that we would even hold up and say, yeah, you know, yeah. we're like, no. Nope. Um but I mean, who, who knows? I wish Mark would have given us a little more of that conversation. Yeah. Throughout Mark, I'm always like, Mark, can you give us a little more detail? Yeah. He's not interested in that, but, no. well, and like I said before, like Jesus is answering a question here yeah. about the law in this time of place. Like what would happen if we asked Jesus the question of like, how, how do we help someone who's going through a divorce? Mm-hmm. I think Jesus' answer to that would be far different than, yeah point a finger at them, ostracize them, kick them out of your community and right. punish them. Punish them. They may never have any happiness or love in their life ever again. Like, I just, I don't think that's what Jesus would answer that question like that. Like, what, how can we love someone who's experienced even just a broken relationship? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Jesus would answer in a hopefully more compassionate way. <laughs> But that wasn't the question he's faced with in this in this yeah, story. Yeah, he's asked here. a legal question by some people who are out to get him, and so he's <laughs> you know he's answering um, in that. But yeah, I mean this is this has been a you know sometimes Bible verses pop up that have been used to abuse mm-hmm. people throughout two thousand years right. plus of history. Scripture as weapon. <laughs> yeah, this is a very weaponized piece of scripture. You know, some denominations going so far as like not letting somebody who is remarried be a part of the church even, you know, um, and that's just hard to, for us as Lutherans who really, I mean, I think we lean into the grace mm-hmm. of God more than the punishment and wrath of God. Right. You know, that's hard for us to understand, but it happens to. Yeah. And I think Lutherans can lean into the grace because we have such a big theology of sin. Like mm-hmm. there is no getting around it. Like that is part of who yeah. we are so that we have to lean on grace Yeah, and, um, really happy to do that with all of our brothers and sisters who've been through the difficulty of divorce in their own lives. Yeah. Well, should we go into our, speaking of our Genesis reading that that Jesus (laughs) quotes here? Jump into that. Uh, Genesis chapter two, verses 18 through 24. 
Then the Lord God said, it is not right that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a partner as a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's such like a light, a light kind of reading. It's like, oh, like cute, not cute. I don't think God's being cute at creation, but to think of God like sculpting all these really interesting little animals and being like, Adam, is this, is this, would this be helpful? Is this your partner? Yeah. And Adam being like, no, God, <laughs> that crap's neck is way too long. How can we even have a conversation? Yeah, this kind of a, a playful image of God. Yes, um, playful. That's yeah, the word. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we we talk a lot about kind of the the two creation stories and this you know that that were come from different kind of lineages of, of Israel and things. And the first one is very ordered and very structured, and God has a pretty much a clear plan. Right. And then we kind of get this chapter two that's like a more mm. playful, yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, because there's the cosmic God that just speaks into beating, yeah. being like, you know, swarm and birds yeah. fill the sky. But this is God, like a picture with Play-Doh yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, well, somebody's yeah. saying like, you know, it's like God had a lot of fun making snakes out of Play-Doh, you know, just kind of roll them up and like, oh, really? this one's easy. Oh, <laughs> um, I saw a snake the other day. I did not appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> but it is, I mean, and God doesn't quite seem to have a plan in this story. Right. Because God is making these animals seemingly to try to find a friend, a partner. You know, we can take that as far down the road as you'd like to go. But like some, a, a partner for Adam and doesn't quite know what what's going to do the trick. And, uh, and then in the process, Adam gets to name all the critters, uh, which I really would like to hear the original names. Yeah, right? like, that's true. Well, I, I mean, look at what the man said in verse 23. He's maybe kind of a poet. This at last is bone of my bones and flesh <laughs> yeah. of my flesh. He probably had really great names for all of these creatures. Yeah, he did. seems like a sort of, you know, literary guy. Yeah, like snakes were like biting logs or something like that. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But um, but it, it was also pointed out in our text, so it was kind of interesting. You know, what would happen if we actually did this kind of like the last verse here verse 24 what if that was how it actually worked back in the day because this is not how it has ever worked throughout human history that a man leaves his family right. and then goes yeah. and it like becomes part of his wife's family like that's even in our own still in our, our kind of wedding ceremonies today it's it's we still kind of carry some of that patriarchalness of like handing the woman giving over away giving it away yeah. um you know, giving permission for this man to have this woman and um you know like that's the opposite of what the bible what this yeah, text right. even says right. it's like the man is supposed to leave <laughs> and um it's just, in, uh, just interesting um 
but again, that kind of image of like two becoming one flesh, um, this kind of intimate dance taking place um, between humans. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I right off the bat in verse 18, there's this phrase that kind of jumps out to me. And I, the whole reason that God is, is going through this process with Adam is because it's the one thing in creation that was not good. Do you remember God kept seeing yeah. things and saying, it is good, it is good, it is good. Um, the one thing that is not good is that the man should be alone. And so yeah. the idea that this, this relationship is about um, companionship and accompaniment and, and the intimacy that you're talking about and, and this, that sort of um, level of, of relationship, that was, that was part of God's intention for people from the very beginning as well. Yeah. I think it's also important to point out, you know, like throughout the, the course of human history, like people are different. Not everyone needs to get married to be full, full and whole and happy. Right. I mean, and that I, 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 and people come in different shapes and sizes and all kinds of forms. And, you know, some people will never have what we'd consider like a romantic relationship, but might have like several incredibly intimate vulnerable relationships with other friends or family that, you know, we get kind of hung up on the, the SEX part of, of relationships so often. Um, and obviously that, that's a very important part of being human, but like it isn't for everybody right. and it's different for other people. And, um, you know, we try to take this one, this one man, woman, this is the only way that we can exist in the world it's like, well, humans are very, God makes us all kinds of different yeah. ways. And um, and that can be good too. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, Martin Luther laid out too in his teachings that marriage is a vocation. Yeah. Marriage is a calling. And so we shouldn't assume <clears throat> that every human ever created is called to that particular vocation. And that may be, as you say, in their, in their other relationships, they're not alone. And even if you are physically alone, doesn't necessarily mean you're lonely. So yeah. there's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you acknowledge that yeah, sort that's... of range of human experience in relationship. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, cause we've been talking a lot about marriage in this, this episode here. And, um, I think it, you know, I think one of the Christian messages we have is that, you know, we can take that step back and be for Lutherans in particular, we can take that step back and say, well, what is a life-giving relationship for you? Mm -hmm. How is it that God created you to be in the world and in relationship with other people? And, you know, I think like some people who are, when their vocation is to be an aunt to mm -hmm. kids all over the place, you know, then they don't need, you know, the, the, whether they wanted to have kids or didn't or whatever, like that is their vocation too. And it's yeah. not diminished in the eyes of God right. because they aren't married per se like there's just and like our clergy colleagues in the roman catholic church yeah called to ministry um over and above a call to marriage yeah you know that's something they, yeah. they have to lay aside um but yeah they're just as uh you know with eight billion people on the planet we don't all fit into the same circular peg you know there's mm -hmm. different ways um and the church hasn't always been kind to those different ways you know we lift up the family so much we want young families in church which we do, but we also want single folks, divorced, divorced folks, uh, you know, everything in between. We want people to come and find a relationship with God here, <laughs> whatever, however it is they, um, you know, are being in relationship with other folks. So, 
Well, when I saw this text come up on the lectionary, what I immediately remembered was last Wednesday in church school, we talked about this scripture reading as kind of our, our theme for the week. And that was the lesson in the curriculum, you know, created in God's image. Did you hear this any differently in light of that, Melissa? Um, you were singing yep. that song that we did, <laughs> the video. <laughs> yeah, watch our live stream of that. That was great. I think it's just interesting that he made um, a helper and a partner and that, you know, a servant, yeah, yeah not a servant. <laughs> yeah. um, and that it's okay to ask for help. And mm. that maybe Adam even had to tell God, like, I'm kind of lonely. Yeah. This dog is not talking back to me. <laughs> Super cuddly, yeah. but not not a good yeah, This sloth is awesome, but you know, it's just yeah. not <laughs> just missing a couple missing of key something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, God does recognize it's not good for us to be alone. Whatever that looks like, I think that is true. You know, that longing for community and relationship. Mm-hmm gets played out differently but there's still a even the most introverted we we need each other you know at the end of the day um other humans cats and dogs are great that's true and they can provide quite a bit of need as well quite a bit of a social interaction especially during the (laughs) pandemic but um but yeah it's it's good text to read i think and to think about you know yeah I don't know. Any uh, closing ideas or thoughts here on a whole range of things? Yeah. I think we're good. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks everyone for joining us for October 3rd's Wandering in the Word. Uh, hope you can join us in uh, worship some way or another or Wednesday nights or um, other things we have going on. We're uh, glad to be the body of Christ together, uh, exploring God's Word and um, yeah, talking about it. So uh, until next time, we'll talk to you all later. All right. Bye. Bye.